Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, over the line, brand new edition on this January the 5th, 2021, and wow, things are crazy right now. First of all, you know, somewhere in my Tennessee stuff, I normally don't do it, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of orange, almost too much orange for the camera. But I'm in a massive hurry. I just flew in here at the last minute to make sure you guys had a podcast. We planned on doing it earlier in the day, and I I finally decided, you know what? I could have gone home, kicked back, watched the Georgia Senate race, see what unfolded. But no, I'm tired of making excuses for why I can't provide you guys a show each and every day. So here we are. There were several things that we were going to do on this show i was gonna talk about uh tomorrow's electoral vote to tonight's senate race where the polls are already closed in the senate race uh i'm gonna kind of give you an update as to what's going but not go too far into it because it's time sensitive and y'all may be watching this tomorrow and we may know the results already but what each result could mean and uh i was also going to go the route of Talking about Lynn Wood, the tr- attorney out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, that had kind of teamed up with Sidney Powell. His Twitter feed's been a little, I don't want to say wacky, but its it's been out there. And, and I don't want to discredit or give credit to anything he's saying, but I do want you guys to hear it. So if I don't do that in this short episode, then we may do that another uh, another day. And, I, and when I say another day, I mean like in maybe the next two days or something. First of all, I want you guys to check out my dear friends at Vapor Forge on 280. If you're in the Birmingham area, they are the place to go. If you're not in the Birmingham area, give them a call. Shop with them online. Do something. I'm sure they can hook you up. I haven't really asked that, but you can do it anyway. It's not going to hurt anything. They're out there on 280. Uh, I told you the story on the last episode of how I met these guys. Absolutely top-notch dudes. Love everybody that works there, the owners. All solid people. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you all about them. But uh, if you are in the area, over by Bailey Brothers on 280, 4673 Highway 280. Phone number is 205-874-9010. 874-9010. Make sure you go by and uh, give those guys a holler. Just make sure, make sure you tell them you heard them on over the line. You heard them. From Andrew McLean. Anyway, let me just, uh, and I've got the news playing in the background, so I'm going to kind of throw you some some Georgia numbers as we go along. Right now, it's neck and neck, but there's only about 50% reporting. And again, I don't want to get into the numbers as of right now because this is a recorded show, and you guys will be watching it later on. You'll be like, I don't care. Do you know what happened? You know, it's like, it's like watching a football game after you already know who won. It's kind of pointless. But nonetheless, which I do that. Yeah, but whatever. Um, let's talk a little bit about where the Democrat Party is and what these two Georgia Senate runoffs actually mean. And just to set the table for nobody, for people that are not really up to date, you've got two races in Georgia. This is kind of the, the final two races of the 2020 cycle. And what happened was, in Georgia, like in Alabama, if you don't garner, in in the general election, if you don't garner 50% of the the vote, 
against your Republican candidates, if you don't get over 50%, you have to go then into a runoff where it's just a one-on-one race. That happened in two races. So here we are. We're in a race with uh, David Perdue and John Ossoff. Purdue the Republican, Ossoff the Democrat. And then uh, you've got Warnick and Leffler, Kelly Leffler. Okay. Leffler, the re- Republican. Uh, uh, Warnock is the radical preaching Jeremiah Wright, Castro loving Democrat. Okay. So that's where we're at. Now, the importance of this is very big. As, and most of y'all know this. I'm just kind of just giving you, setting the table for you. Currently, this is how the Senate sits. There are 98 seats filled, correct? There's 100 seats in the Senate. 98 of those seats are filled. Republicans have 50 of those seats. So technically, as of right now, they they have the majority, 50 to 48. If Democrats win these two seats, they then have 50 seats as well. And what the tiebreaker is in the Senate, when it comes to passing anything or whatever the case is, the tiebreaker goes to the president of the Senate. Now, who's the president of the Senate? The president of the Senate is always the vice president, the sitting vice president. So... The scary scenario is the two Democrats win these Georgia races. Joe Biden gets inaugurated on Inauguration Day. Democrats get to rubber stamp whatever they want because they still have, even though it's slim, they have a majority in the House. So they do whatever wacky bill in the House, whether it's a new Green Deal or whatever, send it over to the Senate. Republicans are like, no way we're going to we're going to vote for that. Well, but. Democrats don't need you because if the vote comes down to all Democrats vote for, all Republicans vote against, guess who gets to decide? <laughs> guess who gets to decide the answer to it? What happens to it? Kamala Harris. So that's why these races are important. And again, right now, it's neck and neck. Now, my thoughts are and have been the same, even though I'm, I'm currently, as of this recording, halfway through the election, two hours after uh, the polls have closed. I've already prepared myself for the Democrats to win these two races. And that is because nothing in the state of Georgia has changed since November 3rd. Donald Trump won the state of Georgia. He got screwed out of the state of Georgia. That was a lot. That means a lot. Getting the White House means a lot to the Democrats. But not as much as having control of the House and the Senate. This, these two races, winning these two races means more to them than Joe Biden sitting in the Oval Office. So if they're willing to do that to get Joe Biden in, what do you think they're willing to do to win this race tonight? A lot. There's already been one county that's announced that because of technical errors, we're going to... um, we're we're going to uh, 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 delay the counting. Well, I mean, we're going to delay the voting by two hours. I know this is going to seem absurd, guys, but I have to do this 
And y'all just work with me for a minute. This is... I'm not even going to go and try to edit this part out. But I have to get this situation solved. Otherwise, I'm going to have to do this whole podcast over. And I can't stand for that. I don't have time. Come on, answer the phone. You know... Why don't we give our kids cell phones if they don't answer? Plus, does anybody know the point of why you give your kid a cell phone? Why you pay a cell phone bill if they don't answer the phone? They got all that money. It's going down the pooper just for them to look at Instagram all day. Hey, uh, I'm in the middle of the podcast, and I have got to have my laptop charger ASAP. I mean, I'm literally, this. you are on the podcast right now. Okay. It should be in his room connected to his laptop. We've got approximately 90 seconds before this puppy dies. Okay. It's like a bomb going off. Okay. All right, baby. T-minus 90 seconds. Anyway, now let's see if we make it. So, that's the scenario for the Senate race. Could be absolute nightmare fuel. A nightmare scenario. Depending on, again, how this turns out. Now, let me get back to, uh, let me get back to my deal here. I feel like I'm becoming less and less professional as the days go by. And it's neck and neck. I mean, 51 and 49 and then 50-50. But again, you're looking at 64 reporting. By the end of the night, this thing will be razor thin. And it shouldn't be razor thin because guess what? They... The, the Republicans should blow them out of the water. All right, buddy. Take that on around. I, I'm not professional with my podcast anymore. I'm just... By the way, can... Hold on a second. Plug that in. Come over to this mic real quick. I need to ask you a question. Get up in that mic. Why do you have a cell phone, and why do we pay the bill if you never answer it? I do answer it. Well, you didn't answer just now. What were you doing? It's dead. It's not dead. It was ringing. I didn't hear it. Get out of here. Go. Jeez, man. Hey, shut the door. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Thanks, buddy. As we were saying, um, oh, thank God, the laptop almost died. That's what's on. Well, that's what's at stake. That's what's in the line, and that's scary. And really, if the Democrats win these two races tonight, and who knows if we'll even find out tonight, but if they are declared the winners, how much more important does that make tomorrow? And by tomorrow, I mean January sixth. Right now. Oh. This kid's like, by the way, I need your laptop charger back for my schoolwork. Can I point out, I hate, hate digital learning, distance learning, whatever we call it. It's stupid, okay? How, how, does, how does the school system and the government expect people to make a living if they've got to be here to supervise their kids? Like, like how, are we, how are we supposed to pay the internet bill if we've got to stay here and we don't get to work? If we don't have internet, you kids are not doing work. Anyway, different topic, different day. That's where we're at. I keep, <laughs> I keep going backwards. 
So uh, if the Democrats win, that makes tomorrow the electoral count count that much more. Because at that point, Donald Trump and Mike Pence will be the last line of defense for Democrats doing what Chuck Schumer said they were going to do, fundamentally change America. This is what they want. This is it. And election fraud is happening on a large scale. As we speak, Stacey Abrams has bragged about it. Joe Biden's bragged about it. They are licking their chops, waiting to take control. This is what they want. And they can have anything they want in the whole wide world. They can fundamentally, they'll have you saying a man and a woman before you know it. And you won't be able to stop them. It's scary. It's scary. So what happens tomorrow, January 6th? Where do we go from there? Well, you've got 150 or so House members that are going to raise objections. They've got so much time to state their argument. You've got several senators, Republican senators, that will raise objections as well. So a a vote on this will be triggered on whether or not to discard these electors. Unfortunately, you have Democrats and Republicans that are not going to have the cojones to stand up for what's right and are going to vote against these objections. That is probably going to be the nail in the coffin of those objections. I'm afraid. I hope I'm wrong. But I'm afraid then it is going to move on to the counting. The counting that will be done by Michael Pence. There is a constitutional disagreement, if you will, on the power that Mike Pence has. The mainstream media and the Democrats, they tell you, oh, it's just procedural, ceremonial stuff. He has no power to do anything. He's uh, he's just a man counting votes. He don't get to decide the votes or who to count or whatever. But what if he does? Because there's plenty of constitutional legal experts out there that say he has the ability, as he is counting the votes, to say, we're not counting these. There's too many problems. There's too much fraud. We're not counting these. We're not counting these. We're not counting these. What if he does that? He's the one counting. According to the Constitution, he's the one that gets to count. He is the president of the Senate. So what do you do? Well, If you're Democrats, what are you going to do to stop him? I don't know that you can't. You can sue him. You can sue him and drag it out for three or four months. Okay. I think four more months of Donald Trump. Give us more time to expose all this voter fraud. I'm not saying he's going to do that, obviously. I wouldn't even say I have confidence that he might do it. I'm not going to say either way. But does he have the ability to say that at the very least and say, I'm not counting these? Uh, Absolutely. And can't nobody stop him. What happens after that? I have no idea. But um, I'm really hoping we will find out. So that's what we're looking at. Last night, uh, if you're watching this on Tuesday, 
big rally in Georgia. Tons and tons and tons of people came to see the president as he begged people to get out to vote for Leffler and David Perdue. And then tomorrow, actually today and tomorrow, there is a giant Donald Trump rallies going on in Washington, D.C. And the left is, is so scared of Trump supporters and so scared of this movement that will do anything possible to try to hinder or even hurt these people. Mario Bowser, the mayor of D.C., called in the National Guard because a big Trump support rally is coming to town. Now, what evidence would Mario Bowser need that a Trump-supporting rally, a, a, a giant group of a million Trump supporters would be violent? Give me one piece of evidence. There's not one. That doesn't happen. That's not who they are. It's not who Republicans are. It's not who conservatives are. They don't get violent. They really don't even protest. But this guy, Donald J. Trump, has got him fired up enough to do so. So Mario Bowser's like, oh, we gotta call in the National Guard, and we gotta board up our windows, and we gotta shut down all the restaurants and the hotels. They actually did that. He's trying to shut the whole city down to keep people from coming. It's all it's all connected. This is not a this is not a Mayor Bowser decision. This is the Democrat Party. But people are there. They're already there. And they're going to be there. And Donald Trump posted on Twitter something about uh, he he was going to uh, maybe speak to the crowd tomorrow as they show up at, what do you say, 11? 11, uh, what do you say, 11 a.m. Eastern. So that would be 10 o'clock here in Alabama. And if I'm getting this right, I assume this is what the, uh, the ellipse... I don't know the terminology on this. Is is that is the ellipse, the 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 balcony at the front of the White House where the president comes out and kind of waves sometimes. He was up there when when they uh, when they confirmed Amy Coney Barrett, and then he's going to speak to the crowd. I guess I don't know. He just put that out uh, probably just a few hours ago. So that will be interesting because that will be leading up directly to the counting of the electoral votes. And uh, who knows? He also gave a shout-out to Antifa, as you see here. He said, Antifa is a terrorist organization. Stay out of Washington. Law enforcement is watching you very closely. Then he tagged uh, Department of Defense, Justice Department, Department of Homeland Security, and all the senators, even the Secret Service and the FBI. He tagged them. He knows the FBI is not going to do anything. The FBI, I, it, there is something about the last four years that have really opened my eyes, and I'm sure a lot of you guys as well, to who the FBI really is, who the CIA really is. And we've heard the conspiracies in the past, and JFK was killed by the government and everything else. All that seems like more and more plausible as the days go by does it not i'm not saying it is i'm just saying what we know opposed to what we knew four years ago makes it seem like anything and everything's on the table nothing seems too far out there anymore and that's why i wanted to talk about the linwood tweets because at face value he seems like he's off his rocker but 
still think it's important to see this stuff because Lynn Wood was a prominent guy, or still is, and he was indirectly involved with the election challenges. Might as well take a look. We'll do that at another time. I'm not going to get too far off track here. But the next question is, the Democrat Party. Who is running the Democrat Party? There's always got to be somebody that's pulling the strings and calling the shots, right? And who is it? For a long time, and and this actually may be the case, I thought it was Obama. I thought it was a mixture of Obama who was the golden goose from 2008, calling the shots because he gained so much popularity, but also he has the most to hide, right? So he is still very involved in the political realm. I don't think he's too involved, because if he were, he probably wouldn't allow Joe Biden to get to cheat his way into the, the, the general election. But that's another story. Obama's out paddle boating in Hawaii today. Okay, Stacey Abrams, she's she's doing her own thing, committing election fraud, whatever. She's not pulling the strings for the Democrat Party. Nancy Pelosi barely won Speaker of the House on Sunday. So she's obviously not the head of the dragon in the Democrat Party. So who is it? Who is behind the scenes? Who's the maestro? Who's waving the wand for the Democrat Party? And it's a genuine question, because I don't know. But I'd like to know. It would probably answer a lot of questions for us. A lot of questions. Still keeping an eye on this Georgia Senate race. Again, I hate to repeat myself for the fifth time. I'm not pushing the numbers on you, because you're going to be watching this at a later time. And you're going to have a lot more information than um, I'm not going to be able to give you. But just to analyze what this race means, it's pretty big. And and since we're speaking of Lynn Wood, I said I wasn't going to get into that tonight, but he posted a tweet just moments ago. Let's see. Uh, here we go. Five hours ago, he posted this. Let me bring this up for you. He said, my lawsuit to enjoin the Georgia Senate runoff was not heard by the Supreme Court in time to stop the steal. I chose not to knowingly vote in a fraudulent election. So he's making a statement. He's a he's a citizen of Georgia. So he's like, I didn't I didn't vote in this election because I think it's bogus. He caught a lot of heat as well as others because they were pushing for nobody, Republicans, to not go vote at all, which is absolutely insane. I mean, on its face, it's insane. Because if you know there's cheating going on, the the thing to do is not don't go vote. It is to go vote in larger numbers to do what Trump almost did, and that was break the algorithm. You know? <laughs> so it's actually the opposite, but whatever. That's That's neither here nor there. Linwood goes on to say, on November 3rd, Kelly Loeffler did not beat Doug Collins. Remember, those, those two were up against each other in the, Republican, uh, in the Republican race for that Senate seat. And neither one got 50, but Kelly Loeffler got more. Or what? I don't know what the number of breakdown was. 
He said, Kelly, Kelly Leffler did not be Doug Collins. She was picked by communists of both parties who rigged the election. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I think Georgia runoff is rigged for Leffler and Ossoff to win. Claim will be made that Leffler win shows no fraud. Nonsense. More fraud in Georgia now than on November 3rd. Now, I thought that was very interesting. An interesting analysis or, or, or prediction, if you will. Because I had been thinking over the past couple of days. Could the Georgia runoff be our ticket to blow this voter fraud thing wide open? Because I knew how important this race was. These two races are more important than anything to the Democrats right now. Control of the Senate is their wet dream. But in order to shut down the debate of the voter fraud from the presidential election, they let one of the Republicans win and the other Democrat win. That would put the Senate at a 51-49 split. But you ask yourself, why would they allow a Republican in there who's going to go against them? The point Lim Wood is bringing up is that Kelly Leffler may not be going against them. Because apparently Kelly Leffler has got Chinese communist ties, much like Ossoff. So you got two two pro-China people that will be running. Man, Republicans make me absolutely sick. Absolutely sick. I can't stand them. I hated Republicans, especially leading up to 2016. I've told you this time and time again. Well after 2016, and started warming back up to the party once Donald Trump started inserting some backbones into some hind ends in Congress. Didn't get them all, but got some of them. He taught them how to stand up for their people. He taught them how to stand up for we the people, for our values, for what we wanted and what we expected out of our representatives. And you'll be seeing that from a select few tomorrow as they contest the election. But the others, the other rhino establishment Republicans are no better than any of these Democrats. No better than any of them. Because they all play the same game. It's a game where there's two teams. One team is the American people. The other team is Washington, D.C. You see, it's not Democrats and Republicans. It's us and them. And for so long, they were able to play that game and not be contested. They had all the power, and they could get the peasants to do whatever they wanted them to do. You always heard about, you know, they they yell and scream at each other on TV, and then afterwards they're smoking cigars and having beers together. That's exactly what happened. That's what they would do. They were all on the same team. 
And of course, they wanted to schmooze together so they could try to convince this guy to sign on to this bill, whatever. But they were all buddies. They all hung out. They all loved each other. Then Donald Trump came to town. And everybody hated him. Republicans and Democrats. They all hated him. Why? Because they're on the same team. There's still two teams. There is the Washington, D.C. team. And then there was the We the People team. Donald Trump came into Washington, D.C. as captain, as quarterback of the We the People team. And that's why they despised him. That's why they hated his guts. Republicans and Democrats alike. And it has all come down to this. And it's hard for me to fathom that that Trump goes out this way. Because he's beat the odds on, on so many things. But to show you how willing... People that say voter fraud's not possible, it's absurd to me that you could even let that come out of your mouth without any sort of consideration. Especially if you consider yourself a Democrat. And Bernie bros are my favorite. They're like, you know how hard it is to cheat in an election? Well, I don't know if you noticed, but your guy, Bernie Sanders, was cheated out of the election twice in a row by the very same people that did this. But you look at what they did to Donald Trump. From threatening jail to suing to uh, false impeachment, Russian dossier, doxing members of his of his family, going after any Republican that would dare stand up for him, trying to shut down business owners that would stand up for him. They hated him that much. And he persevered. He made it through all of it. He made it to this point. So that's why it's hard for me to fathom that this is where it ends. But you take all those facts, and that's a small portion of them, and tell me why on God's green earth would anybody say it is impossible for these people to be capable of committing voter fraud on a massive scale to take down Trump. They've spent their last four years eating, breathing, and living get rid of Trump. You think they got to the end of the road where there was a possibility he was going to have four more years and they just said, well... I think we got a pretty good chance. Let's just let the chips fall where they may. Really? Really? No. That's not what happened. Y'all know what happened. And it's all going to come out in the wash. So here's what what happens. No matter what happens tomorrow, do not, and I know you're going to be discouraged, as I am too. If this does not work out for the president tomorrow, don't be disheartened that's the word i want to use do not be disheartened because the truth will come to light and the fight does not end on january 20th we will not stop until this is all exposed we will not stop 
until people are brought to justice. And we will not stop until the American people know who the real bad guys are in this country. I'm out of here. Make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on this YouTube channel. You better click subscribe and click the notification bell so you know when we post new episodes. We put a lot of effort into this stuff, and we want you to watch it. We want you to comment. We want you to share it with your friends. So please do that, especially your liberal friends. Until next time, see you, Cook!